Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, for the message today, it kind of ties into, I also did this to the, the kids at school here today. Uh, I brought one of my favorite snacks, potato chips. Do any of you also like potato chips? Well, that's a lot different than when I asked that when all the kids were in here. I think I had 100% of them all raising their hands at the same time. I'll tell you, I love chips, you know, and... You know, sometimes when I just start eating them, excuse me, um, you know, I just can't even stop. You know, I just, one after the other. Oh, maybe I shouldn't really be eating this in front of all of you right now because you don't have any chips right now, you know. But, but when you think about that and you think about what draws people to like potato chips, even crave potato chips, what is the draw? What makes them so uh, appealing? It's the salt, yes. So the salt, that salty flavor, that is what we'll be focusing on today in terms of you know, our, the treasure that we can find in these kind of things. Last week, we talked about the ashes, Pastor Bill, and in those ashes, how we were reminded, you know, that in those ashes, reminded that from dust we came into dust we shall return, that death is in front of all of us. But as we made that cross on our foreheads, if you experienced that, you also knew the blessing in that, that Jesus came and died and took our sins upon his own shoulders and died on that cross. So now we have eternal life. Today, we will focus in on salt and the blessing that we have in that. And uh, you do have a little container of salt. Uh, later on in the message, I'll have you actually go and, and taste that. So we'll wait uh, for that to happen. You know, salt, as I thought about it and looked at it, is actually quite amazing because it's used in so many ways. Of course, Probably the one that most people think of when you think of how you use salt is that it's a vital element when you are cooking or preparing a great tasting food. We keep salt always within reach in our kitchen, at the table even. You know, we have to even add a little bit more. I've been scolded on that, you know. My wife would say, all right, there's enough salt on that already. You don't need to add any more. Why don't you taste it first, you know. But it's right there for us. We just like to use it. Salt certainly accents the flavor of meat, you know, bringing out the individuality of vegetables. It, it deepens the flavor of delicate desserts. I'm not trying to make you hungry here at all. It develops the flavor of melons and certainly is you. It's great on fruits. You know, even on chips, it tastes great. There is no other seasoning, seasoning that has yet been found that can really satisfy or take the place of salt. You know, beyond even making food delicious, it's, it, delicious, it's believed that there are already 14,000 different uses for salt. I didn't do a research on that. I'm not going to go through a list. I just read that, you know, I was looking for different ways that salt could be used. They said 14,000 different ways. Of course, you might think about salt as a preservative, certainly before refrigeration, right? Salt was put on the meat so that it would not spoil because, you know, it couldn't be kept cold. Salt, though, salt also purifies. And uh, we had to do this when we first moved into our house about uh, five and a half years ago, I think. My math is right. You know, we, had to, we had hard water, which I, you know, I don't know all the details, all the chemistry, but I know it's high in mineral content. Uh, calcium, I think, is, is part of that. 
And, you know, with hard water, it just doesn't, has a, the taste is a little bit off. And uh, it leaves a film on, you know, those glass surfaces, even when you try to wash them. So we got a water softener. And, of course, what do you put into a water softener to, you know, take care of those problems? You put in salt. It, it purifies the water. It takes away the film. In fact, I just met Linda at the grocery store. We had the same errand. She went one place, I went the other place, and we both were buying salt for our water softeners. I thought that was appropriate uh, at this point in time. You know, in the Bible, salt, you know, is often referred to as both something that is sweetening, it adds a sweetness to things, but it's also this preserving agent. Old Testament sacrifices, before they, were even, before they would be given, they would salt those before they were offered up. And we just heard in our Old Testament reading today how Elisha, you know, is dealing with this problem of this putrid water in Jericho. And God told him, well, just take some salt and throw it into that water. And all of the water was restored, and it was, again, drinkable and good for daily use. Certainly, salt has many uses. I'd like to look here at our, old, our, new, our gospel lesson today uh, from Matthew. And it says in there something that maybe is hard to grasp because it says, Jesus, Jesus calls us the salt of the earth. We are salt, the salt of the earth. Well, what does that mean? How are we salt? Well, our salt is our faith. Our salt is a faith that God has blessed us with. It is Christ in us. God has made us the salt of the earth, going back for most of us to our baptisms, where that salt of faith was placed in us through that work of the Holy Spirit. You know, many of the baptismal rites of the early church included a tasting of that bit of salt. And right now, if you would take that salt that you have as you wish, you don't have to finish all of it. There's nothing like that. If you don't even want to taste it, it's okay. I've tasted it already on the chips, but I'm going to do it again here, so too. Yum. When we think about the baptisms that were happening, the adults that after they renounce the devil and all his works and they confess their faith in the Apostles' Creed like we do also in our baptismal rite, then they were given this, this taste of salt before they were baptized. This is one reason why Luther included the use of salt in his earliest writings of that baptismal rite. Salt was that, that visible, you could see it, you know, you could, you could feel it, you could sense it, as well as taste it. And they did that so that people would be reminded that by their baptisms, by the faith that they were blessed with through the Spirit working, through the water and the Word, they were now distinct. They were now different from the world. They were set apart. They were in the world, but not of the world. They were, as our text says, they were the salt of the earth. And when Jesus calls us to be the salt of the earth, it means that in Christ, our lives will taste, you could say, differently. 
Christ in us, when he is in us, he seasons us, just like salt seasons food. And it brings out, you could say, a sweetness, a love for others. There is something unique and joyful and wholesome in the way that we then speak and we live and we act. God calls us in Christ a new creation. It changes how we look at others, our lives, how we look at other people, that we seek to love others as God has loved us. Paul says in our epistle lesson today to the Colossians, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each question. We are seasoned with salt, so we know how God would like us to be in this world. Just like salt draws many to enjoy, I guess not too many people here, you know, the, the taste of chips, so God also calls us to be a salt that draws others also to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now the reality is that there will be times when we might not really feel like we're really too salted or maybe too sweet. Our lives might seem like, like those bitter waters of Jericho that Elisha confronted. Are there any things in your own lives that maybe seem to be more sour or troubling or unfruitful at this time? Maybe your health right now is being compromised or there are some bitter or strained relationships that you are having with other people. Maybe there's challenges at work or at home in your employment situations. You know, amid life's sour and bitter experiences, Jesus, like Elijah, comes with that salt of his promise and his presence. Jesus has come into your life. He desires it to be sweetened, to, be enliven, uh, to enliven us, to preserve us, and to refresh us through his word. And nothing can change the fact that you are God's own dear child. You are baptized, you are washed, and you are salted in Christ. You know, as we make this journey through the Lenten season... It reminds us that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to take away the bitter truth of our sin and the consequences of that sin, eternal death. That God is not distant, but promises to deliver you from all troubles and to heal those things that are broken in life. As Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The Lent, our Lent walk reminds us that God's love, like, like salt, never spoils. Dear friends, Jesus Christ is with you now, and he wants you to know that, that he is sweetening and he's preserving all your life and the lives of those that are around you. He has saved you from the bitterness of eternal death and now preserves you for eternity. Even though life is daily torn by, by sin and broken relationships and faltering health, Jesus promises to preserve and keep you and work through all things for the good. 
He does sweeten all things in the renewed hope and the purpose that we find in him. By his resurrection from the dead, you are now sweetened salt. You are wholesome salt, and you are preserving salt to the world. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Certainly even better than chips. And now may the peace of God, which certainly surpasses all our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.